0: for listening to Mosaic, a Jesus-centered Communities podcast. Our goal is to help people experience a Jesus-centered life. You can find out more about us at welcometomosaic.info. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast as well as rate and review it so others can hear it as well. Enjoy the message. Amen. As you're being seated, would you let me pray for us, God, God of promises, God of power, and God of presence, we worship you today. Oh, and for good reason, because as you kept your promises and you demonstrated your power, you confirmed and promised your presence in our life, in our darkness, in our challenges, in our pain, in our grief. We will lift a song because we know the risen King, and today we rejoice in the resurrection of this one named Jesus who we center our lives on, this one named Jesus who we cannot stop singing about, we cannot stop speaking of, who we do not want to stop following, who we can't get over. We sing his praise today, God. And today, as we lean into your scripture, as we spend just a few moments reflecting on all that today's celebration represents, I pray that each of our hearts and our ears and our minds would be tuned into whatever it is that your spirit would want us to hear and see and do. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be right in line with what you want, that they would please you, my rock and my redeemer. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our risen King. Amen. 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 Hey, it is so good, so good to be able to greet you on Easter Sunday morning. Say a little something about pastors. This is obviously our favorite Sunday of the year. I was talking to one of my friends who's in Florida. I said, Hey, you preaching somewhere? He's a retired pastor. I said, Where are you preaching this week? And he said, nowhere because pastors don't like giving up the pulpit on sunday on easter i mean you just know this is the super bowl for us and it is because if today doesn't matter no other sunday matters no other day matters nothing else matters because if jesus doesn't come roaring out of that grave it's all a sham but we know that it's true and we rejoice in the fact that it's true in fact let me just give you some good news he is risen He he is risen indeed yeah say it again he is risen Come on, one more time. He is, risen. he is risen. He is risen. Indeed, there is so much to rejoice in that today, friends. In fact, uh, this morning, I almost got hijacked. Um, even though I love being able to preach on Easter Sunday morning, my daughter Lauren says, Dad, you preaching this morning? I'm like, yeah, it's Easter. I get to preach. Yeah. She's like, this is an easy message. Jesus won. The devil lost. Boom. That's it. So we're going to give you extra time. Bow in prayer. Let's go home. <laughs> Jesus won, the devil lost, boom. And that is so true because he has risen. He has risen indeed. Let me give you another one. The price of gas has risen. It has risen indeed. Inflation has risen. It has risen indeed. Anxiety has risen. Angst has risen. Division has risen. Anger has risen. Uncertainty has risen. It has risen indeed. And because we live in a world with so much of that right now, it makes this morning all the more important that you chose to come and worship, to be reminded that there is something far greater than all that uncertainty, all that unknown, and that ache, and that yuck that's around us right now. We have a king who is risen. In fact, I would go so far as to say this. Today, listen, we are celebrating the most powerful moment in all of history. It's the most powerful moment in all of history. And if you'll hear this, listen, look at me. If you will receive the truth of this resurrection, if you will receive the truth of this story, it can be the most powerful moment in your entire life as well. It's the truth of the resurrected king. And as we sang earlier, because of his resurrection, we can be resurrected as well. We can be brought back to life as well. It's undeniable. We are in a very challenging world right now. A very uncertain world a a world that is marked by so much pain and so much mess but what about the world that Jesus arrived in 2,000 years ago even if you haven't been in church very often or it's been a while you know some of the story 2,000 years ago first century Israel Jesus arrives He's, he's born in a manger he teaches us how to live what it looks like and then he dies on a cross the resurrection you know all of that but what was the life like that he was walking through and what he was walking in tell you a few things about it. If we were to time travel back to first century Israel, we would see widespread racial tension taking place. Everywhere. We would see financial climate that was marked by anxiety and substantial economic disparity. We would see life expectancy, get this, the life expectancy then of about 35 years old. Most of us would be dust by now, right? 35 years, turn it in and you're, I mean, that's, that's the life expectancy. The infant mortality rate, historical records indicate that nearly one out of three children that were born would die in the first year of life one out of three don't even make it out of the first year there was political turmoil turmoil, unrest local and national leaders who were appointed could be dismissed with the whim of a king and when i say dismissed most often it was executed Um, They they could be uh, occupied in any way they wanted by the occupying nation of Rome And in fact Archelaus, some of you may know his name or not He was the son of Herod the Great You probably know Herod the Great After ruling and all the amazing things that Herod the Great did And all the horrible things that Herod the Great did He dies His son Archelaus has a funeral for him in Jerusalem Kind of forces everybody to participate in it it's, it's extravagant. It's, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of all the energy. The people revolt. They protest. Archelaus kills over 3,000 of them, including all of the community leaders. Th- there was suffering. There was division. The culture had incredible unrest, dwindled hope. There was shattered trust in leadership, shattered trust in any of systems that had been established. There was even shattered trust for many in the God of the scriptures. Does it sound familiar? To today? So here at Mosaic, we are on this journey. We're going through this document in the New Testament by a writer named Luke. And the, and the book is named Luke after the writer. And what we've talked about in the last few weeks here, for those who are just catching up, jump into the story with us. We're talking about a writer who knew he was an outsider And so he wrote this document for outsiders. So if you're here today, if you're logging online, you couldn't even get into the building today. You just want to check it out and worship online. And you're like, I'm an outsider. Welcome to the party. This place is for you. This story is for you. We saved a seat for you. We'll come to the table. Because Jesus' story, as Luke describes it to us, is a story for everyone. And he saved a seat at his table for you. And as we're walking through it, we're seeing over and over about this one name, Jesus. And Luke wants to help us understand that with all this chaos and the uncertainty around us that we're talking about, that we feel, we can have absolute certainty in this one named Jesus. This one that the calendar tells us every year, we kind of hit a pause on everything, come together and gather an empty tomb. Is it true? Is it real? Was he even real? Luke says you can have certainty. Jesus is the one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is king Last week we were looking at a passage actually in Luke chapter 1 just to catch you up. And we were looking at the passage where John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, his birth is being told. How many of you know John the Baptist? You know what I'm talking about real quick? Yeah? Okay. Some of you may not know John the Baptist, but he is crazy. Uh, He's going to be a preacher. He's crazy. He's, He's amazing. He is ordained and anointed by God to be what is often called the forerunner or kind of the opening act, if you will, for Jesus and, and, and more than them, just Zechariah and Elizabeth are his parents. They get this news, you're going to have a son. Wow, this is such amazing news for them. More than just the amazing news of the son, they get the news that your son is going to be playing a crucial role in introducing and putting the megaphone out. Doo, 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 doo. He's here. The king of kings is here. The Messiah, the promised one that we have ached for in all of our mess. He's here. And Zechariah prays a prayer over his son, a prayer of blessing, a prayer of awareness. And I want to read a couple of the verses here. Just listen to this, and, and, and then we'll talk about it just for a few moments. In Luke chapter one, he sa- Zechariah says, you, my little son, I love the tenderness of a father there, my, my little son, you shall be called the prophet of the glorious God because you will prepare the way. You're the opening act for the Messiah. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sin. John the Baptist to to Jesus is like Eddie Benjamin to Justin Bieber. You're like, Eddie who? Exactly. Eddie Benjamin, just the opening act. We didn't come here for Eddie Benjamin. That's the tour that's going on right now. We came to hear the Biebs. And, And so Benjamin just gets up on there trying to warm up the crowd. And we're like, yeah, good song. Get out of here. We're here to see the main event. And John says, I'm just the opening act. the the main headliner Jesus the story that we need the story we've been looking for he's here get ready and he tells us that there's hope in life that can be found in this one named Jesus what does John do he points the way to the headliner he points the way to the life You guys ever been um, in, you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about escape rooms? How many of you have done one of those, an escape room? You you know what I'm talking about? Um, There's a couple in the mall over here. There's a couple in the area. When we lived in Orlando, Orlando's just packed with them. Tourists going down there enjoying these escape rooms. You get with a team, you get in a room. Our Our staff did this a few weeks ago, divided into multiple teams. My team, by the way, happened to be tagged as team one. They already know who was gonna win. Um, my team won, and uh, we had a blast doing this. If you haven't done an escape room, they lock you in a room. I mean, they like literally lock you in there. There's all kinds of clues, and like data points, and numbers, and weird phrases, and things hanging on. It's, it's a blast. It was real, I was a little nervous about going into it at first, because I'm like, I don't want to lose. I'm ugly when I lose. This is going to be bad. I'm competitive. But we didn't lose, as you can see. We, uh, we won, and it was awesome. I'm about to, to share something that the other teams that didn't have the best time, I don't know that they were aware of, they may have been aware of, and I might betray our team just a tiny bit as I share this. Our game master might have been a little bit of help to us on this. When we were getting ready to go in there, one of our crew in there, it might have been EJ, was asking questions, all right, like if we need any help, if we get absolutely stuck, can we get any hints? Because you get in there sometimes and you're like, I know the door. I don't know where to go. Give me some hints. I need some help. And you just say, okay, game master, hint, please. And then it comes on the screen and a little bit of a hint. And it's like a little riddle or something like that. We may have used that a few times um, to, to help us because, again, I'm competitive and I look ugly when I lose. And so all that to say, I may have just betrayed our team a little bit. We had some help. And here's the thing. The escape room relates to our life, yeah? I don't probably have to convince you of the fact that when you're navigating through this mess of life and all the ugly, I'm talking about first century Israel stuff there that Jesus walked in, sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? All the division, the tension, the economic challenges that many of us are facing. Inflation is up, gas prices are up, jobs, incomes are down. I mean, it is challenging everywhere. Um, We could use some help. We could use a hint. How do we get out of this mess? What is the true way? What is the answer? And John's role is to help them understand you will show them the way of salvation. And it's found through admitting you need it admitting you need forgiveness. He says right there in Zechariah's prayer over him. There is a need for forgiveness of our sin. I need help. I can't do this on my own. I know the door. I see it. I know I just can't figure it out. Would you help? Here comes Luke saying there's help for all cuz Jesus is for everyone. And here's the good news that Luke makes very clear through Zechariah's prayer. John's life will help us realize as the forerunner, as the opening act, there is an answer. There is an answer to the ache, to the brokenness, to the shattered, to the fray in our life. There is hope. There is an answer. If you were to travel to Rome today and you went to the church of San Andrea della Valle, Please tell me you're impressed that I said that, um, because I worked really hard on that one. St. Andrea della Valle. Vallée. If you went there, you would see this painting. You'd walk into a centuries-old, gorgeous, it's the second largest dome in all of Rome, outside of the dome by the Vatican where St. Peter's is. And up on the ceiling, you would see this fresco that's about 600 or so years old. And this painting right here captures the essence of what we're talking, the mission of John's life. It captures what it says in John chapter one, verse 29. John saw Jesus coming. The opening act stood on the stage and he sees the headliner and he says, look, that's the Lamb of God. That's the one who takes away the sin of the world. That's the answer. John doesn't preach, he's crazy. I told you that, he's crazy. But he's an incredible preacher and he's a convicting preacher. And he doesn't turn at every person in the crowd and say, Behold, there's the answer. It's in you. You just got to work harder. You got to figure it out. You got to work smarter. You got to be a student of of different philosophies and teachings. You got to educate yourself. You got, sorry, you got to be in the right pedigree line. You got to have the right last name. You have to have the right skin color. You got to be the right gender. He doesn't say any of that. The answer is not found in us. John looks at a crowd and he says, This is the one that will take away the sin of the world. What is sin, by the way? Sin is when we miss the mark. It's just, it falls short of what it was supposed to be. What were we supposed to be? Perfect. Oh, I missed that one, yeah. I think we all missed that. In fact, the scripture says that all have sinned and we've all fallen short of the perfection, the glory of who God is. There's fractures in us. There's missing the mark in us. And John says, I've got the answer. He's out there preaching. He's baptizing people. There's the Lamb of God. There's the one who will offer himself as a sacrifice. That's the Lamb. He will offer himself the Lamb of God who will take away that brokenness, that sin in our life. There is an answer. John, the opening act, he had a powerful ministry he recognizes that no matter what he offers no matter what he does it's not his name that should be remembered because he's not the one that can take away the sin of the world the one that follows him Jesus would Jesus was aware of this by the way what would Jesus say in uh, John chapter 14 he would say I am the way I am the truth I am the life the way and the truth talking about the theology what you believe I am the answer and then the word, the life, the way, the truth, and the life, that life. I'm the answer, but it's not just all here. Life is zoe in the Greek. It's vitality. I want you to live abundant with joy, with freedom. Believe this, that I'm the way and the truth. Give your life fully to me, and you'll find the life. You'll find all the answers. John points to Jesus. Zechariah prays this over his son, I love you, my little son. You will play an instrumental role. You will get on the stage and let the people know the time has come, the answer is here, and that answer is Jesus. Here's one other thing that Zechariah prays over his son, John. Look what it says in the rest of Luke chapter one. It says, because of the tender mercy of our God, Luke one seventy-eight. because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now that's a tag on to, you will be the forerunner of this one named Jesus. You're going to tell the world he is here. Why? Because of God's incredible, tender mercy. Because of his kindness. Because the sun rises again. And it will shine in our darkness. It will guide our path to peace. John, you will play the role of telling the world. Even people sitting in an auditorium in Littleton, Colorado, or watching online and worshiping online, you will tell the world, this is the answer. And many will find life in that. John says he's the answer, but he also says this in Zechariah's prayer. The risen son came. The risen son has come. Zechariah prays, the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine in the darkness. I got good news. The risen sun came. Jesus broke through the darkness of death. He rolls away the stone. The tomb is empty today. And because he breaks through death and he has victory over sin and death in the grave, he can break through our darkness as well. The risen sun came and nothing's been the same since. Uh, we talked and prayed here often and i got emails even the last couple weeks from some of you who have been praying about what's happening in ukraine and and you've even mentioned new life church by name it's a church that if you hadn't heard i had an opportunity several years ago six seven years ago to go it's the largest evangelical or jesus preaching church in all of ukraine former soviet bloc, right and we see what's happening right there right now and our hearts just ache and being there a few years ago I, i just i was in awe of the faith and the resolve and the resilience of these people even then, because of what's been happening over the last, <clears throat> excuse me, couple months, I've reignited some conversations with some of them. One of them, uh, a young lady, her name is Anna, and, or Anna, and Anna was my translator when I was there, and, and it was powerful, as I have an opportunity to train and preach, to watch her in her element and her gift, and people's lights, eyes lighten up. She may have been saying something completely different than what I said, but they liked what she said at least, and I'm hoping she was passing on what I was sharing, Right. She recently, a few years ago, got married. She recently just had a baby. She's got like a four or five-month-old little baby girl. And the the first night of the bombings that took place, they've been on the run since. In fact, I just saw a statistic you may have seen. Somewhere around 60% of all children, they estimate, have been displaced um, all throughout Ukraine and now beyond. Can you imagine we take our children's ministry just beaming with hundreds of kids right now? Our children... Six out of 10 of them just displaced. That's what they're facing there right now. I was texting back and forth with her or Facebook messaging back and forth with her uh, a few times at different nights, letting her know our church is praying for you guys. We're praying for new life. We're praying for Anatoly and Nadia, her parents. We're praying for your family. And this is what she said back. I I took it right off my Facebook messenger. We are just praying for the sun to rise and the morning to come. As they sat in their bunkers they literally some of the houses have like a bunker thing that's been built out when you go through what they've gone through for decades and generations you have bunkers right in your backyard they're down there hearing the bombs going off the wi-fi can still reach and she says we're just down here we're praying for the sun to rise and the morning to come it made me think of what it says in isaiah chapter nine the people are walking in darkness People are walking in darkness. Don't you see that? Sometimes maybe you feel that. We walk in darkness today for so many reasons and in so many ways. But the good news in Isaiah is this. The people walking in darkness, they've seen the great light. Oh, come on, Isaiah, tell us. Yeah. Tell us who. Tell us what the great light is. He tells us in verse 6, it's a familiar verse if you come around during Christmas. The great light unto us a child is born. Unto us the Son has been given. And he will be called Wonderful. He will be called Counselor. He will be called our Mighty God. He will be called the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He is Jesus. We're just praying. We're just sitting here praying for the sun to rise and the morning to come. And Isaiah says, oh, the sun will rise. The morning will come. The sun will break through the darkness. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. And the whole purpose of John's life is to say, he's here. I get a few moments on the stage to warm up the crowd to let you know, but please don't pay attention to me. He's here. I think it's a story of our life today. We're all like John the Baptist, a little crazy, a little weird, right? All of us are in our own ways. We're a little eccentric, a little odd. But if we're followers of Jesus and the kind of people who have centered our lives on him, our role is to take the stage as a little bit of a warm-up act for the friends and neighbors And maybe for you around us and say, hey, don't pay attention to me. Listen, though, i got good news and all the noise. Let me, he's here. He's the answer. The sun has risen. The sun has risen indeed. And there is much to rejoice as a result in that. I'll give you one more verse and then our team's going to come out and we got a song I just want you to hear and lean into. Go to another obscure passage in the Old Testament. Part of what we love about Luke as we're studying this together is God just drops these sprinkles, these nuggets that are forecasting promises for the future. The Messiah will come. Watch for these kind of things. And in Malachi chapter four, here's the result. For those who trust in the, in the Messiah, the promised one, God says, but for you who fear my name, trust me, follow me, fear my name, respect and honor me as the leader of your life. The sun will rise. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wing. Who's that for? For those who trust me, for those who follow me. Will they go through challenging racial tensions, um, financial disparity, through strife and, and, and all the inflations? and all? Yeah, but there will be healing that I can provide. My pr- presence, my power will be there for you, for those who trust me. The son of righteousness will rise with healing. And then listen to what the rest of the verse says. What's, what's the result in our heart? I love this. I love the imagery. And you will go free, leaping with joy with all the chaos and noise around us. With all the chaos and noise, sometimes it's in us. If you put your faith in me, the sun, righteousness, rising again in you, you will go free, leaping with joy like calves left out in the pasture. I read these, ver- these verses a few weeks ago and I just start, I start getting in the wormhole of the internet and I go on YouTube, I got to show you this, uh, like, like, uh, like calves led out to pasture, going free, leaping with joy, just look at this little video clip here and, and just, I don't know if you've ever seen this, if it'll come up and say, like, yeah, look, watch this guy kick, Wow, man, he's full of joy, just watch this a second, I'm weird, I told you, we're all weird, look at the joy and the delight, yeah, that's what I did too, It's just carefree, worry-free, delight. And I feel like if those cows, just a few miles away or just a few moments away, there's just chaos and stuff, they don't care in that moment. They've been set free in pasture, just like Malachi says, the son of righteousness brings the healing you need in his wings. And when you trust in and you let him lead in your life, you will go free, leaping with joy. Give me a description, paint a picture. Like calves, newborn calves, let out into the pasture. The delight, the worry-free joy of that. There's an answer. How do I escape? How do I get out of this escape room? I I need some help. I got your help. There's an answer. He's following me. He's the the headliner. He's the main event. His name is Jesus. And here's the good news. You're going to see the execution. You're going to see his horrific murder. So good Friday is all about but Sunday's coming and the resurrection happens and as the scripture promised the son of righteousness rises again and it brings healing to all who put faith in it In our darkest day the son of righteousness can give us life He can give us light he can give us hope In our darkest days the son of righteousness can give us joy because the tomb is empty Jesus is the answer Jesus is alive and that can continue to give us hope. Thanks for listening to this week's message. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We invite you to connect with us. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at welcometomosaic.com/give. Have a great week.